Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jordan Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. What's happening, Jacksonville? We are triple A now. Triple A. No more of this doubling. Oh, I thought you'd going back to the whole car company thing, like triple A, when you get old. Actually, you don't have to be old to have triple A. You don't have to be old. I've had triple A since I was like 16. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like an annual thing from my mom gift. I feel like it's an old thing, though, kind of. It's, it's not ARP, but it helps. Triple A, I'm sure there's a bunch of other ones now, mm-hmm. but like when you need triple A, it's good to have triple A. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So now I think a lot of like the car companies now do like the roadside assistance stuff anyway. Mm-hmm. But, uh,. But anyway, AAA is good. You know, like AAA stuff, like do people still go to AAA and get like, hey, I'm going on a trip. Can I have a map? <laughs> like, does Brent, that still people take People haven't been using maps since like the uh, – I well, guarantee well, you. You, you, I, use, do you use a map? No, I don't. Yeah. I'm not everybody. Who's using a map? I also would like to see Lot J I get built up. <laughs> yeah, use one. I got you. But, dude, no one's printed off MapQuest directions in at least a decade. So I, let's relax about the whole maps thing real quick. I bet you can go to a location – Somewhere in Jacksonville, that's a AAA affiliate or whatever, and I bet there are people, that, if you go right now, there are people in there, there is that a. are getting there. Well, there probably are not a lot of people in there because of COVID-19 and stuff. So, so you got other places to be. But, hey, if you got to use a map on the road to figure out where you're going, I don't you, want you on the road. Did you see the uh, – It was I think it was on Twitter over the weekend where they were like, date yourself with a building, and people were putting like Blockbuster, all this yeah, stuff. Yeah. Oh. I just did that with – AAA. <laughs> yeah, yeah man. You just – I mean, I, I had in high I'm school. I'm not saying I go. Dude, I'm just saying people are still doing it. I guarantee Listen, you. If, gonna be- if you're listening to the show right now and you use a map when you're driving, I'm not talking about like a map on your cell phone. I mean a real, straight up, vintage, old school paper map. Give the give give the show a call so I can make fun of you that, because nobody's doing that. I think all the old people listen to the other station. That's good. Well, you'd be surprised with this. One. I can see. Uh, I can see that being like one of those like random date ideas that people have. Like, oh, let's go. Let's go on a romantic trip where we actually have to use a real map yeah. to find where we're going. Unless you're at listen. Disney World and you got Mickey giving you high fives, you got the chipmunks in the corner there. Unless you're at Disney World. You don't need a map. It's a good point. The map is still pretty good at Disney World. Oh, it's crucial. Right. Yeah, you crucial. Need it, right? need it. Yeah. People don't look on their phones. No. To no. map around Disney. I don't think. Maybe sure don't. Do but I'm t- you. Oh, you see all those RVs, and I want an RV. But you see all those people <laughs> driving RVs. You don't think they use a map? I think they've got maps. No. Dude, they have built-in navigation systems. I get it. What year do you think this is right now? I, I, Where do you think you are? I. This is not me. I'm just telling you. I guarantee it happens. Once again. If you use a map when you're driving, give the show a call, Star Star 690. I'd love to hear from you to, to help prove Brent's point because I don't think you people exist. Hey, Kuz, we've been doing this show for almost two years. Is that the first time he's ever given out the number? And if you notice that he had well, to go Star Star 690. It's not the real number. I don't, I don't know the real number. No, there's been a couple of times when I've done the show by myself where I have to give out the number. And I'm like, Kuz, what's the number again? Yeah. Hit him with it. Uh, look yeah. on that video I always feed. set up Kuz for it. 362-9901. And I've given the wrong number before, by the way, plenty of times. Exactly. Uh, but um, that's another thing, too. Like, nobody knows anybody's numbers. Like, I have no idea of my kids' numbers. It's Tyler and Kaylee in my phone. Do you know your wife's number? Yes, because it's very close to mine. Okay. That's That's nice. the only reason. Otherwise, I know, like, old school numbers. Like, okay. old numbers like my parents' number, you know, those kind of numbers that yeah. I grew up. 
and you, when you used to dial numbers. <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, we got some football talk. Yeah, we do. Uh, talk a little. Um, we didn't get into this yesterday, too. I want to get LeBron James and Kyrie Irving. I know it's now getting kind of a couple days old, but I still thought it was um, an interesting topic, especially with uh, the NBA on the horizon. Get into that uh, down the road. Uh, Jumbo Shrimp, do go to AAA. Uh, which is interesting. You know, I, I I see a lot of folks excited about it. I think the city's kind of excited about it. Does it do something to your city? Like, I don't – I'm not feeling that. Like, does it raise the level of your city because now you go from AA to AAA? And now if I start thinking where AAA cities are located, then I would say maybe that is true. Um, but I just didn't feel that right away. I, I felt minor league baseball to me is minor league baseball. Mm-hmm. Um but there probably is a pretty distinct difference between single-A teams, double-A teams, triple-A teams. And I, I think then when later on we'll talk a little bit more about it. But just you can debate whether it's better to have a double-A or a triple-A team in your town. Really? Because double-A is where a lot of the stars live. Mm. And they don't go to triple-A. Mm-hmm. Like So you remember when the team, the Miami Marlins were loaded with the Yelichs and Stantons and all that of the world. If they went to AAA, and, and some of them may, but it was for a very short time, mm-hmm. they went to AA. Yeah. The AA, that's where all your future prospects are. Like, that's where you see them early. Uh, Sixto Sanchez, I guess, is the latest one from the Marlins. Like, he was fantastic here mm-hmm. and, and goes to the Marlins. So it, it's just an interesting dynamic that sometimes a lot of the minor league lifers, if you will, uh, which I'm not dismissing, but those are the guys that end up in AAA. And so they're more ready to go up to Major League Baseball when you need a call and in a pinch and just bring them up for a couple of games. You go get the AAA guy. Mm-hmm. But your future prospects, like the studs, are usually down at AA. So it's an interesting dynamic. See, I guess it all depends what sells the tickets. Right, like if someone's on a rehab and they're in Double A, well, you're gonna go see that star player, right? Because it's like a once in a lifetime opportunity. The other side of the coin, though, is well, Triple A, it's like that's like the league above, right? Because I mean, listen, they spelled it out for you: Single A, Double A, Triple A. So to me, it's a better brand of baseball because you know it's it's a higher quality of product. But then at the other side, it's like well, you miss out on seeing some of those star players. So it's kind of a horse apiece. Um, I think the longevity of AAA is intriguing. I think the longevity of saying, hey, we have a AAA team now. Like, that's better than AA. Like, that's got to make you feel proud. I, th- I think if you're the jumbo shrimp right now, you're not bummed about it. Uh, I think you're excited about it. So then if they give up their, I guess, their name places with uh, AA, then who takes their spot? Well, the, the, the ripple effect, this goes to Pensacola, but the, okay. the, there's a bigger ripple effect around minor league baseball. That's why this is happening. This mm-hmm. isn't just like they're, they're eliminating teams around baseball and there's been a big shift in, in, in movement. So uh, there's a lot of reasons why. And, and we're hopefully going to have Ken Babby on uh, today. Uh, he had a press conference just in the last hour or so. And so hoping to hear back from um, uh, the shrimp folks and see if we can get Ken Babby on, talk a little bit more about it and what it exactly means. Because, again, I kind of feel like, Listen, I had I grew up with the Pawtucket Red Sox. Uh, I covered it. I was in New York. I covered the Tri City Valley Cats, which somebody told me today. Uh, Brandon Rissler up there, um, who's a Jags fan and, and and follows along with our stuff, said that team has been eliminated. The Tri City Valley Cats, and so mm-hmm. that's a Houston. It was a Houston Astros affiliate, and like of the New York Penn League. And so it was like short season A ball mm-hmm. that we we had up in Albany, and we covered them. And you had some start by the way, like Hunter Pence, and those guys went through there. Like that class when I was covering up there. So um, 
Yeah, I mean, to me, it's it, it didn't feel that different, though. Minor League Baseball, in a lot of senses, when I go to a minor league baseball game, you go because it's five, six, seven, eight bucks, and you have fun with the family. You're not going to – I always say this about minor league baseball. You're not going to see a win or a loss. Mm-hmm. But occasionally, like when I was growing up, we go to Pawtucket Red Sox games at McCoy Stadium, and they've since moved to Worcester, Mass., which is a sore spot with me. But, um, like, like, we would get oil can Boyd. You know, it would come mm-hmm. down or Clements or Bods on, on a – it would be a huge story. Even when I worked in Providence, that would be a big story when one of those guys was coming down. I remember I think Hideo Nomo at the time when I was cool. working in Providence. Yeah. He was with the Red Sox. He made a rehab stint, and they were only 45 minutes apart, so it made a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the reasoning here too. Miami Marlins, Jacksonville, uh, Florida, obviously not too far apart. Right. Yeah. Hop on a plane. Bam. In 45 minutes on a flight, you can be in Miami if you need somebody quickly. Uh, that was kind of the way it was in, in Boston too. Boston, Pawtucket, they were 45 minutes apart. That was it. And so they could shuffle people quickly in, in, in a pinch. Um, so it, it's interesting. I'd love to see how this come up about. You have to have the stadium for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, does it mean more for the city? Does it mean more for the shrimp? economically um, and what does it mean for the product I, I think are interesting questions uh, that we can get into through the course of the day hey Lamar Jackson last night in the Ravens win I felt like we saw glimpses of MVP Lamar Jackson but I tell you you also see Lamar Jackson that leaves you scratching your head sometimes with some of the throws so here's how I came away from that Ravens game last night first of all let me go ahead and say CD Lamb gonna need one more catch out of you Going to need just one more catch. I was, and, by the way, he was out there at the end of he the game. He was at the end of the game. Yeah. So I got, I got to show you. The, so we have prize picks going on. Yeah. Uh, and Austin and I both have CD Lamb going. Yeah. And Austin and I don't really text much after the show. No. But, but we were in the same boat. So we're sitting there like, hey, can we get one more catch? Hey. Is he hurt? <laughs> I was right he with had, you. He, he had everything he needed by halftime. Yeah. He needed one catch in the second half to go over yeah. in the fantasy projections yep. on prize picks. But how about this? I'll give you a quick story. Hit me with it. I have. So I have a five-packer going. It doesn't so do include I. Lamb. Okay. Oh, you don't? I had this... Lamb going in a different one. Okay. And so I also have Schultz going the tight end. I had him going too. And he's at 8.4, but I have the under. I have the under too. <laughs> so yeah. I'm sitting there on that last drive, <laughs> and I'm like, throw it to CD Lamb, but don't throw it to yeah. Schultz. Yeah. Listen, I understand it's his other <laughs> prize picks um, excitement right now. I really don't care. So as I'm leaving the show, I tell Brent my picks, and I'm going back and forth. Now I'm second guessing myself a little bit, and what do I decide? I'm like, you know what? Scared money don't make money. Let's go. So I put my entry in Dalton Schultz with the under. Nailed it. Ezekiel Elliott with the over. Nailed it. J.K. Dobbins by .1 points. We got lucky on over. that one. I'm the Nailed same it. way. Yeah, exactly. Marquise Brown. Like I called it. Over. Let's go. C.D. Lamb. All I needed was a C.D. Lamb for the granddaddy, uh, the kumite, if you will, of Grand Slams. Unfortunately, I only got four out of five right. That's so funny. I, I had the same thing. I won. I did two college basketball with that. Yeah. Um, by the way, PrizePicks.com, PrizePicks apps. Yeah. Giving them a shameless plug. But we're not lying. We're having fun with it. It's a blast. And, and you know what, bro? It's bringing got, us together. Might have got ten times the entry last night. Oh, first time I've ever won one of those. Oh, congrats! Yeah, so and that's what happened. I did two basketball guys, and I won by a point in each of the basketball. Yeah. All right. So I go over in both those guys. Marquise Brown, he took care of business for yeah. us. 
Dalton Schultz had the point mm-hmm. eight point four and 8.5 is the thing. And you can't tie. Tie, you lose. Correct. Um, and then J.K. Dobbins scores the last touchdown, and yeah. he goes 13.1, and you had 13. So yeah. I got lucky. You got to know great, when man. you get lucky. It's, it's great. And we have to talk about the Des Bryant drama a little bit, too, as we well, were, where yeah. he was uh, tweeting his emotions. But last night, the Baltimore Ravens, what did I see from that team? I saw a team that's been holding out on us, more specifically on offense. Because I saw a team that finally implemented the wheels and the legs that is Lamar Jackson. And I, I seriously got this sense that, like, let's be honest, this was a must-win game for both teams. Yeah. Right? And the Ravens, who have kind of fallen on a skid a little bit, like, they had to win this game. So, to me, when I saw them, it was like, well, they're going to throw the kitchen sink at the Cowboys. Like, they're not going to pull any punches now. They're going to throw what they are on game film, and it is what it is because they have to win this game. And that's what I saw. Like, I've seen a team the whole time that's been like a Ferrari, but it's had like the governor on it, right? Like, you can't go over 70 miles per hour. You had to keep within reason. You're in a school zone, let's just say. And last night, you finally saw what the Baltimore Ravens offense is supposed to look like. Keep in mind, all their tight ends are hurt, right? I mean, Luke Wilson, who's the the four-string guy, got the start. But you saw last night what the Ravens are going to try to do. And I think they've showed their hand finally. And I think as we get closer and closer to the playoffs, we're going to see more of that style, more of that smash mouth type of football. Now, they did get uh, – they got Hollywood Brown involved a little bit more too. But mm-hmm. they did run for like 294 yards against a Dallas defense. I saw this stat. Only twice it's happened this year. Three different players on the team ran for over 70 yards. Yeah. Both times against Dallas. Cleveland did it, and now Baltimore's done it. So I think there's a little bit of hesitation probably if you're a Ravens fan to say, okay, is this it? I, I'm more specifically talking about I saw glimpses of Lamar Jackson. Listen, Lamar Jackson, even in an MVP season, is never going to be perfect. He was about as good as he could be. I think he proved that so far because he, he hasn't been nearly as good this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was at least looked the part at times, using the legs, not afraid to get out of that pocket and utilize his biggest weapon, which, quite frankly, is his legs. Like that's that's not a negative thing. He is hard to catch, man. Yeah. I mean, you he are is who dangerous. You are. Yeah, yeah. And so you utilize that. I mean, one time we we're watching, it was like fourth and two. I was like, I was like, Ty, this is indefensible. Like, all you have to do is spread everybody out, drop back like you're going to pass, and Lamar Jackson has to get at least two yards. You can't not. Let him get two yards. Well, that was when he scored up the middle on the on the thirty seven yard play. But I mean, I just you, I don't know how you defend it. Like on fourth and one, fourth and two, if you spread everybody out and and make him a weapon, you can give a throwing option. But I'd be thinking run the whole time mm-hmm. if I'm Lamar Jackson. And then what the difference maker to me was a touchdown to Hollywood Brown because that was a beautiful throw. Because I could come in here today and be very critical of about five or six throws. I mean, some of it's like ugh. Like, mm-hmm. that's gross. Mm-hmm. And that's some of the stuff, by the way, that we saw here in Jacksonville at the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl uh, when he was coming out of school. And was like, I don't know, man. I don't know. That doesn't – I know he's a great athlete, but yeah. that's the hesitation. That's why he went 32nd, you know. And to give credit to the Ravens. You know, they saw a lot. They built it around him. They did the right things with him. And and the, the bottom line to me is I watch a guy like Lamar Jackson. He's going to make a lot of mistakes like that. He's going to miss some easy stuff, stuff that we criticized Baker Bayfield about a couple weeks ago here, missing some easy stuff. But he's also going to make these plays and sometimes make these throws that you just don't see very often. Especially with the legs, you don't see it at all. Maybe Kyle Murray now. But uh, that's kind of the beauty of the NFL quarterback position right now. You you get guys that, even Kyle Murray, 
Like, they are going to do things that are just like, that will blow your mind. And then they're going to sit there for an entire game and throw for four yards per pass attempt. And you're like, what are we doing here? Yeah. This is supposed to be passing yeah, quarterback. Yeah. Why can't they throw the ball, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we've, uh, that's, that's what it is. Like, Russell Wilson's never going to just throw it for four yards per attempt. He's too good. Yeah. He's too good of a thrower. These guys are not that good of throwers. I mean, uh, it, uh, they throw a good ball. But I just think their accuracy and other issues, whether it's staying in the pocket or not. But when you exploit what they do well and it fits like last night, Lamar Jackson, you're like, wow, OK, yeah. you can win a lot of games like that. And, and the big question will always be with a guy like Lamar Jackson. Maybe we get to this point with Kyle Murray and, and Josh Allen and other quarterbacks. And, and Allen's a little bit different because he's got such great arm strength mm-hmm. um, is can they win in the big time? Yeah. Right. Because Lamar Jackson didn't last year as great a year as he had. They stopped them. They stopped them in the most important time of the year. So anyway, if you're a Ravens fan, I thought that was like a, a sign. OK, that's a Lamar Jackson. I remember watching a little bit last year. Yeah, I think a lot of that, too. When we talk about Kyler Murray uh, and Lamar Jackson, you had that great, um, you know, that, that signature game. The next game, it's like, what was that? I mean, that comes with experience, though, as well. You know, because I don't think Russell Wilson necessarily burst on the That's scene. Fair. And it was fair. like, oh, damn, this guy's got arm talent. Like, yeah. it took a little bit, right? And especially when you're playing solid defense, it's like you saw Justin Herbert, right? You saw the Chargers this past week oh, yeah. go to New England. Now he uh, started well, to take well, his no, It was actually, was it, at, it was in sure, uh, L.A. But, L.A., yeah, yeah, in L.A. And it was like, oh, you know, I mean, there's going to be those times because experience helps everything. So um, I just think the more you see, the, 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 the more you throw yourself into that environment, the more comfortable you get, and then the more comfortable you are, obviously, the more the arm can uh, finally show off. The question, though, is, like, listen, if you look at the AFC, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams already better than the Baltimore Ravens record-wise, mm-hmm. and the Raiders are tied with them for the eighth team. And so they're catching teams like trying to catch the Colts and, and Titans, whoever doesn't win the division, uh, the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. And outside of that, they're two games back of people. So really, it's Titans, Colts, Dolphins, Ravens, or Raiders. Mm-hmm. I mean, right now, it might be too late for the Ravens is my point. I mean, they have to win out and get some help here. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how the tiebreakers fall. But it could be as good as that team looks and could be. It might be a little bit too late. Do you think the the brand of football that you saw last night, though, and keep in mind, it's against the Cowboys, all right? Yeah. So everyone, let's let's go ahead and halter our expectations a little bit when they go against a real defense. But what you saw last night, the way they're pounding the rock, the way they're implementing Lamar Jackson, like, are you confident going forward now that Baltimore can make a run? Because that's playoff football to me. That's, you know, when when the degrees start dropping a little bit, when the weather gets, uh, you know, a little, you better bring a jacket. That's when that type of offense, to me, really shines. Well, here's the benefit of the Ravens, okay? They've really got one game left. <laughs> Who's that against? Let me see. Uh, that's the Browns. Oh, yeah, yeah. Whoa, what's going on here? Got a it's little stuffy in here. Dude, I'm telling you, it's so stuffy in here. That, that's another thing we got to talk about. <laughs> no, I've said this the past three weeks. Like, when you walk in here, she's stuffy, man. Um, but anyway, after the Browns, they're at Cleveland, mm-hmm. and then they go Jags, Giants, Bengals. Mm-hmm. Now, well, I shouldn't dismiss the Giants like that, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, Giants playing yeah, really good football, so absolutely. I, I shouldn't do that. But I would think i got to feel pretty good if I'm a Ravens fan. I've got the Jags, Giants at home, and then I go to the Bengals. Yeah. So, uh, really, that's a huge game mm-hmm. against Cleveland because if they get Cleveland, they could easily be t- – um, what would that be? 11-5. and five. 
Yeah. I mean, if you go 11 and 5, you got a feeling you're going to find run. your way in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'd be pretty happy if I'm 11 and 5. But they probably, ha- I would think they'd have to win out. Yeah. Them and the Raiders have to win out to lo- most likely give themselves a chance. The Raiders, meanwhile, have the Colts' huge game. Huge game this weekend. Then they go. Then they have the Chargers, the Dolphins, and the Broncos. So manageable schedule. Mm-hmm. But they, too, probably have to win out. And, and they've been w- very inconsistent. So we don't know what Raiders. Uh, th- but that's how much that play at the end of the Jets game saved their season. They still have a chance. They wouldn't have a chance. Yeah. Six and six doesn't give you a chance. Like New England's sitting there at six and six. But they really, I don't think they have a chance. They're too far on the outside looking in. But if anybody had a chance in the month of December to play that quality brand of football, you got to go with New England. Yeah, but they, get, they just have such a target. And they got at the Rams Thursday night, they have the, at the Dolphins, who so yeah. they don't do well in December against the Dolphins anyway. Yeah. Uh, they've got against the Bills, who are better. And then they have the Jets. Yeah. So uh, I, Patriots aren't making the playoffs. Yeah. Is that, that, they, they have more wins than the Jaguars do, and I'll collect on my bet. Thank you very much. They do. You will collect. I can't even win that bet anymore. Brent Martin has conceded, everybody. Close the polls. Guys, I apologize that I can't get off the Minshew story. Oh, we're back. And this isn't about the free Minshew stuff. Uh-huh. This is about, are the Jaguars, as an organization right now, embarrassing themselves a little bit with the way they're dealing with this story? Yeah. This is kind of messy, in my opinion. And I'm not sure it's being talked about enough. They're not going to talk about the 1-11 Jags around the nation. But even here in town, this is a messy story, and I think it got messier today. We'll talk about it next on Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690. Let's hear this beat. like it. Mark, no. Never heard of what happened in Iowa yesterday, and I don't even know how to pronounce the name of it. Derecho. Austin Lane. Iowa State Cyclones. Should call them the Derechos. You can shorten it up, call them the Chos. Why not, man? I'm into it. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Hopes that Mike will play well and there won't be an issue. You know, that's number one. That's one thing we're focusing on right now. As far as making a change to the gardener, that's up to Coach Marone. And uh, his workload is, is up between him and the trainer and his, his personal masseuse or whoever the heck he talks to. I don't know. I know quarterbacks have to throw the ball uh, in order to get better. That's the only way you get better is by repetition and throwing the football to your guys, different cuts over and over and over again. And if you're not able to do that, then it's hard to show uh, the team that we should have confidence in you making it happen on game day. So I think, uh, you know, Gardner's got to get his arm right with the trainer. He's got to continue to progress uh, and throw a lot of balls in practice for us to see that he's ready to go. Okay, well, if that was the case and you had to throw reps in practice to make sure the coaches knew if you could throw the football and be ready to go ready to go in a game, well, then how does anybody ever come back from injury? It's crazy, huh? You know, I yeah. mean, how, how do you ever, like, how will Drew Brees ever get the job back? Yeah. Like, he won't. He won't, Brent. There's not enough reps in practice. We're towards the end of the season right now. Focus on Taysom Hill. Hey, Drew Brees, you know, you put up some numbers in your career, but we'll see you. Yeah, Taysom Hill, you know, he's got a lot of the reps. He's he's, he's way better. I mean, Mm. here's the deal. And I I don't know if this is enough of a story in Jacksonville, quite frankly. I I really don't. And I'm not the guy that likes to, like, be overdramatic. Yeah. I I don't think I am usually. Yeah. that's that's not what I kind of. Well, you, you're almost by. in tears yesterday. I was. So. Well, that was a little different. Well, they ticked me off. <laughs> I'm in better mood today. You seem like it. Yeah, I am. Yeah, it's good uh, to have you back. You have a headache coming in here though. It's going away. You and, know, what? Uh, you're coughing and now you have a headache. Don't tell me these things when you're sitting 
six feet away from me, please. No, I was coughing because I had tickle in the throat. I'm fine. It's so dry in here. I was actually just thinking of this and knock on wood. Like, here's one thing COVID might be okay for. A lot of washing hands. Yeah. A lot of wearing masks. Yeah. Like, and I'm not traveling. Yeah. And I haven't even had, like, the lose your voice cold thing yet. Again, knock on wood. Yeah. We're in the middle of December. So we've got the high and low temperatures That's going not where on. I thought you were going with it. But I haven't had that yet. Yeah. Like, have you? Have you been sick? No, I mean, I mean, well, like, no. Normally, I'll get sick in a football yeah, season. Yeah. I mean, you well, know, you're already getting I kind get of worn down. I get sick when, like, the temperatures fluctuate. Like, yeah. right now is when I get sick. Yeah. Right now is, like, when I got started getting, like, the chills and the body aches and everything. Haven't got that yet. I'm just pumped. Like, I can still taste food. Because I guess that's one of the side effects if you have COVID. You yeah. can't taste food. If that happens, because you know how much I love food. Yeah. If that happens to me, I'm going to be so that would be, bad. I'm but, not going to be a joy to be around, guys. But that's like, you think of how much money like you would you save without now. having to buy <laughs> spices for your food. Hey, I'm going to say what? Think about how much money you would save without having to buy spices for your food. You could just eat plain chicken. You're not going to know the taste difference. I mean, you could literally eat anything. Chicken Tuna out of a can. Every day if, I, if I lose it. Come on, because if you go to Publix or Winn-Dixie, you go down the spice aisle. I used to load that aisle when I was uh, a bagger in the grocery store at Stop yeah. and Shop. I mean, come yeah. on. The spices but, are like $1.99. You can use them for like three years. That's a good point. They, they do last forever. <laughs> yeah, but think I mean, about we, it. Have, can... we have a big thing of nutmeg. Been in there since like, <laughs> I don't know, I was 10, it seems like. It like, followed me from Wisconsin. The expiration. Oh, it doesn't matter. It lasts forever. We're good. But see, that's what I'm saying is like you then if you lose your taste of or your taste and your smell, then why not just literally have chicken and broccoli get the two that's true. essentials for yeah. the time that you don't have literally. taste? I, I don't want to be dramatic here, but if I lost my sense of taste, I'd cry. I, I'd literally cry. Yeah, that'd It'd be, be horrible. That'd be bad. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Back to the mess of, of Gardner Minshew. Back to quarterbacks getting masseuses, I guess. Was that the... Yeah, I mean, so here's the thing, okay? Again, I'm not trying to be overdramatic, but if you look at this week now, we're on Wednesday, and we already are questioning Doug Marone right after the game going, sticking with Mike Lennon, and saying it gives you a better chance to win after he throws two picks, another one that should have been a pick, a fumble, and a safety, mm-hmm. okay? And again, this is not a ripped Mike Lennon s- session. This is don't tell me that he gives you the best chance to win. And don't say that right away after the game without even looking at the tape. When last week you had to evaluate the tape or two weeks ago, you had to evaluate the tape. So this is not about who gives you the best chance to win. And it's not based on performance, obviously. It's 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 it's. We've all thought that Gardner Minshew's in the doghouse. Well, Gardner Minshew comes out this week and talks to a couple of folks and says, hey, I beg to play. And noticeably is irked mm-hmm. in his tone, you can tell, and says, hey, I'm going to be a team player and all this stuff, too. So it's not like he's like, trade me and get me out of here. Let's not, again, over-dramatize it. But he certainly said something. I'm not even sure that was in the best interest of him to say something at this moment, especially when you're already in the doghouse. Mm-hmm. And there's obviously some folks inside that building that aren't seeing eye to eye with what's gone down. Yeah. Well, and if you're going to say it, say it on our show. <laughs> True. <laughs> Thanks for the invite, mm-hmm. freshman PR. Uh, <laughs> oh, got him. Not at the Jags, by the way. This is not Jags related to the PR folks. I just okay. want to make that clear. Okay. It isn't. Okay. It isn't. Uh, and, and really, most of the people I talk to around Minshew that I know, it's not even, it, it was something separate. Yeah. I just want to make that clear. He's a bit um, crystal clear right now. Okay. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the, I hope the event was good last night. Um, <laughs> for, hey, for a good cause. And so Doug Marone comes out today and asked about Minshew and pretty similar, right? Nothing. It's not like he did a 180 or, or anything like that. But when asked about Minshew, he says it's actually too much workload in practice. So we're working through that. Jay Gruden and Ben McAdoo and Gardner to know exactly what the workload is, seeing him go out there and practice and throw. That's been in my discussion. So we're trying to work through it to try to understand it. 
What is he talking about? And then on if poor performance by QB Mike Lennon would be the cause to reinstate Gardner Minshew as a starter. He says, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into it. Practice is a big thing for me. When people are practicing and how they're doing in practice, you know, want to go into a game hoping someone's going to be able to do well. I think your evaluations are day-to-day during the week, and then obviously on game day for the players that are playing. Doug Doug Marone, I have seven years of proof to tell you that Mike Glennon doesn't win football games in the NFL. Like, you can tell me he's good in practice, but I know what he does on Sundays. He doesn't win. Mm -hmm. Again, there's seven years of it. You also have a guy last year and this year that has played – 20-something games, maybe not even, and has won seven games in the NFL. And at times has performed well, and at times has not performed well. But hardly ever has looked like the quarterback out there looks Sunday against Minnesota in terms of the turnovers and mistakes. Mm -hmm. Hardly as ever. Now, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying he hasn't. Houston and London last year, I think he turned it over three times, a couple picks, a couple fumbles, those kind of things. So he's had a game or two like that. Mm -hmm. But come on. I mean, while now all of a sudden we're going to practice. Is practice the same place that Colin Johnson got stuck and now all of a sudden is starting to play? Is practice the same place that Taven Bryan was, you know, just had to play all the time and even though he wasn't playing well? Is yeah. practice the same place that Caleb on Chason's been putting his hand in the dirt but plays better with his hand up mm-hmm. or standing up? I mean, what are we doing here? What is this charade? And then Jay Gruden comes on after and is like, you know, I didn't really see much of a difference. You'll hear it later on, but it's like I didn't see much of a difference between the way he's throwing the ball now compared to the way he was throwing before the injury, and it'll be up with up to Doug. Let's hear more Gruden yeah. right now before we get into it. We don't throw the ball a lot. I mean, obviously we throw in practice, but you have individual periods, uh, then you have team periods, and the team periods you're trying to get starter ready so Garter doesn't get many reps. He gets a few at the starters, and then he does some of the uh, scout team stuff, which, you know, over the course of uh, uh, practice, you're talking about probably 30 team reps, and then the individual reps, he's getting some throws as well. So uh, we're trying to cater to uh, Mike Lennon right now, but also keep a close eye on Gardner where he is. To me, his arm looks fine. Um, I don't see any difference from now and uh, when it was in training camp. Uh, but that's something between he and the doctors and the trainers that uh, I, I didn't see any difference when he had the so-called hurt thumb or the not so-called when he had the hurt thumb. I didn't see a difference either. So uh, only Gardner can tell you how his arm's feeling. Um, and then obviously only Coach Marone can make that decision to go back to Gardner if he sees fit. I didn't see how you really feel. I didn't see anything different when he had the so-called hurt thumb Tell and us then how corrected you really himself. Feel. I mean, what? Where's the dump button when you need it? What are we doing? I had a new shirt idea. What? What is this? What is going on down there? Like, what? Can we get on the same page at how we're going to handle this thing? Yeah. We know he's in the doghouse. First of all, Kuz, your shirt idea. Then I'm gonna get my thoughts. It's a uh, thumbs up, and it just says so-called hurt thumb around it. <laughs> good luck with that. All right. I mean, it's not as good as Mormons versus mullets, but I, I can co-sign on that. Listen, I feel like I'm Bill Murray in Groundhog Day, Brent, and I feel like I've been coming to the same studio the exact same day for the past year and a half. Because once again, we have a prime example of a coach who is not on the same page as the player and a player who's not on the same page of supposedly what we're told, the team doctors. Nobody's on the same page right now. And we're ha- we're more than halfway through the season. Like, get this stuff in line. What are we doing right now? Like, I get it. Okay, I understand where they are in their draft position. Okay, and I understand that that might be a goal. So be it. But if I'm a player in that locker room right now, and I'm not going to listen to every single sound bite from a press conference, 
But if I hear that right now, I'm sitting back whether I'm on offense or defense. I'm like, what are we doing? What are we talking about? Are we a professional organization or not? Because I'll tell you what, McDonald's has better people with better communication skills than what I'm seeing right now from these Jaguars. It's ridiculous. Why? I just don't understand how it's come to this while everybody's on an off page. Like, I, I honestly would be a little bit perturbed if I was Marone this week that Minshew's out there talking about it. Like, I, I probably would. I'm trying to put myself in everybody's situation, okay? Well, and right now, I'm Gardner Minshew, who's obviously going to do a, an event, and that's fine. But I would have told the event folks, listen, I'll do a lot, but I'm not talking football. It's not the right time, right place. That's what I would have advised Minshew. And I'm you know you get those questions, Brent. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I said. Yeah, I yeah, would have yeah. advised him not to talk. Like, yeah. I, I wouldn't have done it, okay? Um, and, and if I'm playing PR guy, all right? Listen, I, I mean, I love the fact that he talked. Great. I mean, we got to hear from Minshew finally. <laughs> yeah. But I wouldn't but, have done it at this time. I mean, you you know you're in the doghouse, Gardner. Like, why stoke the fire right now? And he couldn't. He didn't say anything like rip roar and bad, but yeah. he just kind of shared, you know, his thoughts. And I just think the headlines of it. And I said this, you know, you got to be careful to separate headlines and actual body of the story. But the headlines, Minshew begged to play to coach Marone and didn't get in. Like that's no. the headline. That's the that's the summary of the week for Minshew what he said. But if I'm Doug Marone though, I'm also ticked off at Gruden for saying that he looks exactly the same as his arm did in training camp. Because you know what? That arm in training camp was the arm that was supposed to take you to new places. That arm in training camp was that arm that you're supposed to rally behind and say, "You're our guy this year." And that now all of a sudden, got you a win in game one and yes. 30 points in game two. Yes. And now all of a sudden you want to say that exact same arm. Once again, quoting Gruden here, that looks exactly the same in training camp. Now you want to say that arm isn't good enough anymore. And now you want to say Mike Glennon's arm looks better. There's a lot to digest there. And if I'm Doug Marone, I don't want to talk about that either. So once again, no one's on the same page right now. Like Jay Gruden, I feel like has a little vendetta because he seems to be upset. He doesn't think Minshew was hurt at all. And he's trying to prevent the fact that, hey, he's looked the same to me. I don't know what's going on. Doug Marone's upset because while it seems like Minshew didn't disclose the injury to him, it's just, dude, everyone seems like they have their own agenda right now and no one's on the same page. And it's sad that we're talking about this with this franchise because that seems to be really the, the thesis of this team for the past couple of years. Yeah, well, and listen, the I, I gotta if you go back to this, I know we've talked about it at length, but I just think this is a bigger story, folks. I mean, I, I don't think people are talking about this enough. You're talking about a quarterback that was the face of the franchise in every single thing they did in the offseason. We run commercials on TV, and it starts with Minshew still. Like, they don't take those back and put Mike Glennon in, all right? <laughs> yeah. they, it still has Minch, It was Minshew mania, Minshew everything. Like, they – and by the way, Doug Marone, I believe, you know, hooked his carriage – to Gardner Minshew in 2020 with his job on the line. We both agree on that, And now yeah. all of a sudden, and, and I do think there's some fault to Gardner here, and it's more Gardner's camp. I believe Gardner's camp leaked out to Schefter that information, and that was a bad move. That was a wrong move. It was a bad move by Minshew's camp. And so Doug Marone and Jay Gruden and everyone else who might have already been kind of fed up with the play of Minshew those three weeks, now we're really fed up 
Mm-hmm. And nobody likes that, whether it's hiding injury or not being the trust factor is gone. I can see where Doug has some angst over that. I could see where Jay Gruden has angst over that. Like these are old school football guys like that's don't do that. Like you're not supposed to do that in, in your business, yeah. in, the, in this industry. And so I can understand it. You're in the doghouse. Fine. But heck, man, we're like six weeks after the fact. Mm-hmm. And you keep telling us that Glennon and Luton and all these other people give you better chances to win. And you're just that's just not right. That's not true. And then on top of it, you're really not even on the same page about how you're handling it publicly. Yeah. See, and how you're handling it publicly to me, my opinion is that now you're bringing emotion into it. Now there's like a personal vendetta against Gardner Minshew, and you want to put it out there for all the airwaves to gather. Once again, if I'm a player in that locker room right now, I want to beat the Tennessee Titans. Okay, I want to win a damn game. I don't want to hear my coach or my offensive coordinator go on the microphone and say, well, I'm feeling this way because Garner. No, like take the emotions out of it. Beat Tennessee. Like the, 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 I thought the name of the game was to win. Yeah. I didn't know like feelings got hurt and mistrust was placed. And now all of a sudden you got a vendetta against somebody because maybe they lied to you or they didn't tell you information. Win. Like I said, hey, listen, the only thing I've been saying for the last few weeks is stop telling me that Mike Glennon gives you a better chance to win when the guy that you have on the sideline supposedly is healthy and has won more games in the first 14 months of his career than Mike Glennon has won in seven years. The sell is over. You can't sell me on anything else. Stop. Yeah. Stop the count. Yeah. Like, no, he doesn't. He doesn't give you a better chance to win. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. Like, you can you can be a Doug guy. You can be a Glennon guy. You can be a Minshew runs out of the pocket guy. But don't sell me that. Yeah. You can't. I have evidence that says that's not true. You're, you're lying to us. And, you, and you're playing us for fools. And, and we're not, we're not buying that you way, shouldn't be selling. The guy that you're riding with and says you have the best chance to win just turned it over four times last week, and it should have been five. Yeah. Well, actually, turned over three. Should have I been mean, four at, and a safety. At least do the, the right thing. Say Mitch is going to be the starter, and then Sunday, bring out, like, 25 COVID testing protocols and Gardner Minshew and be like, all right, let's see, let's see that swab. Oh, you passed that one. Let's see another one. And just wait till it fails. That's Brian style. That's the way to do it. I don't know. It's just I, I, I can sabotage with nobody a bigger else. Story around here. I mean, I'm just making a bigger story because I I think it's a mess the way this has been handled. Yeah. For weeks, but especially now, even today and in, in the last couple of days when Minshew even uh, comes out and says something. We'll be back. Uh, more football talk, of course, on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. It's actually too much workload, so we're trying to we're working on working through that, you know, with uh, with Jay and Ben and Gardner to know exactly, you know, what that workload is and seeing the, uh, you know, and you know, out there in practice and throw. I mean, that's that's been, uh, you know, that's that's been in my discussions, you know. So I'm, we're trying to work through it and try to understand it. Yeah, so are we. So Mr. Jones is going back and forth with me on social media. He says, when did Minshew become Tom Brady? I said, I didn't say it was Tom Brady. Just feel like he's he's not. When did he become Mike Glennon? (laughs) Or worse than Mike Glennon? Yeah. All three QBs are trash, but you talk about Minshew like he's not limited in everything he does. Well, you missed the last like four months of the show. This is this is not about Minshew being 
the franchise QB and don't pick Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence and everything else. All right. Yeah. That's not what this is about. This is about this situation, a situation that, quite frankly, in Jacksonville has been bizarre for the last six weeks. I mean, so, yeah, we're talking about it. Like, yeah. I, I mean, if these the way the responses are coming out, the quotes that are coming out, they just don't add up. Mm-hmm. I mean, so we don't know exactly what's going on. Nobody's telling us exactly what's going on. We've assumed and presumed that he's in the doghouse. Uh, and because, yes, and by the way, if you listen to the last segment, I said he is not without blame at all in this. Mm-hmm. His his people, his team, his camp leaked that information, which was boneheaded, should never have done it. That's not what you do. Him hiding an injury, if he did have an injury to that extent, boneheaded, shouldn't have done. And... Therefore, you lost the trust of the team and mm-hmm. trust of the coach. I don't know about the team, but definitely the coach. And so that's fine. Like you, we talked about it at the time. Well, you lose trust of the coach. And, well, first of all, you got to get better anyway. And then we'll see what happens when you come back. But my biggest beef here is number one, really my biggest beef is stop telling us that you're better, you're better chance to win. Mm. Because I don't believe there's a guy in that locker room that actually thinks that. Like, I, I don't think that. Yeah. I, I think guys know what's good. And what's and see resumes and see what they've played with in the past. I, now I do think those receivers were very frustrated with Minshew those couple of weeks. I oh, do. It showed on the it's field. not like he was playing well, but that's it's just that he's the best of the three options. If you're telling him, telling us that your best chance to win, and so then you have this other stuff coming out with Gruden and so-called thumb injury. Like he said that in front of a mic. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. was that a slip or is that showing your angst with the the quarterback? And so there's like these hidden things. Either come out and say it. He's yeah. in the doghouse, and it, you shouldn't do that stuff. Um, and we're riding with these guys until he comes out of the doghouse, which no coach is going to say that. Or stop beating around the bush on it. And that's kind of what I believe is coming out of there this week. And it just, I think it's a bad look. From Minshew's talk to Marone's talk to Gruden's talk, it doesn't add up. That's really the moral of this story. Yeah, so what really, I guess, upsets me and and why I speak so passionately about just the miscommunication and everything that's going on right now in that stadium and, and why I'm just so frustrated is because I've been in those situations. I've been in that stadium when you win two games in a year. And, like, I know what that feels like. And it, it, it sucks, man. It's one of the most depressing feelings in the world, if we're being honest. And... At least like when we had Malarkey, right? So when we had Malarkey is, is one and only year here in Jacksonville. And no, it wasn't perfect in terms of our locker room dynamic and, and how the coaches and the players and all that. Like That wasn't perfect. When you win two games in a year, it's not going to be perfect. Now, I've never had a problem with Malarkey whatsoever. But at least like that year, we won two games. There was a feeling like, guys, we're still in this together. Right, like we're still on the same page. Where we at right now? We're in a giant hole, and we gotta scratch and fight and claw to at least pull ourselves out. I get frustrated when we have Josh Allen on the show yesterday, and he eloquently puts just what you know winning means to him, and how he's got to be the leader, and what it still means to those guys in that locker room who haven't quit. And then I get frustrated when I hear coaches not and coordinators not on the same page. Because that echoes to the players. Now, whether or not the players trust Gardner Minshew still, to me, that's that's not even the biggest point. Because I played with plenty of teammates I didn't necessarily 100% still trust, but I needed them out there because they were the best at the time. And anybody can see that Gardner Minshew is better than Mike Glennon. So I feel for those players because you can't lie to them. They see through the fogs of you-know-what. 
Is Carson Wentz on the road to Blake Bortleism? <laughs> wow. He's got a little Jalen Hurts will get the but, start. Yeah. We'll talk about it next on ESPN 690.